we are continuing with our general theme, pushing with results, powering past COVID. That's the general theme of the weekend. Uh, pushing with results, colon, powering past COVID. We already know, as I've said yesterday, and as some of you already know, that PUSH is an acronym for pray until something happens. Which means from the word PUSH, when you take it as an acronym, you can take it as a word. You push something. Something must move from where it was to another position. When you push something, you are moving it. So if until it has moved, you have not pushed. You have put an effort to push. So there's a difference between putting an effort to push and actually pushing the thing. So I'm saying for successful pushing in the word, in the sense of the word push in English, it means you have managed to move something from where it was originally to another position. You've managed to move something with your hands to move it from point A to point B. So until it arrives at point B, you have not finished pushing. You have not done the pushing. So we are saying push means you have managed to move things. Things are not moving. We need to push things. We need to make sure that things move. Therefore, when you talk of push, we talk of push in two dimensions. The pushing is in the general sense of pushing, in the sense of meaning that you, you have not moved anything until it moves from point A to point B. Number one. Number two, we then consider the word push as an acronym standing for pray until something happens. Hallelujah. See, the, the, the two are, are linked. Until you have pushed a, a rock or a stone or whatever you want to push from one corner to another corner, you have not done the pushing. So we want to, uh, we are now emphasized as the Lord leads us to say we don't want to have prayers that do not have results. In other words, this time the focus is on results oriented prayers. We talk of pub, pray until breakthrough happens. In other words, until that breakthrough happens, until we see the results, we haven't prayed. Men will not rest until they see the results. Pray until breakthrough happens. When we now push, like I said earlier yesterday, when you now put the PPP, three Ps, before all the USH, we are now saying, because we now know in the vision that praying, praising, and worshiping God is a key ingredient, a key ingredient of breakthrough. It, not even ingredient. It's a, it's a key prerequisite. That's the right way. It's a key prerequisite for prayer that gets results. In other words, praising and worshiping our God. It's a prerequisite for prayer that gets results. So now we call it push, which means pray, praise, press until something happens. Don't forget the emphasis on until something happens. So until something has not happened, don't say amen, because amen means it's done. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you can adjourn the prayer and continue tomorrow and continue the day. When you meet as a group, it's better to say we are adjourning as long as you sense in your prayer that you have not received your breakthrough yet. Just if you are praying on your own, you just say to yourself, okay, because I need to go to work or because I need to do something different, something else. This remains a prayer. That's where you now have a, a continuous prayer in the sense of a, a supplication, prayer and supplication. You continue prayer. You continue in prayer. Hallelujah. You then realize that the thing you are praying for, you have not received the answer yet. You then tell yourself that, okay, I am just adjourning. It's, it's an adjournment. You adjourn the prayer to be continued. Then when you come back from work or when you finish whatever it is you're doing, whether it is the same day or the next day, you continue with prayer. In other words, you are pushing on that particular aspect of prayer 
until something happens, until you have the result. Hallelujah. Are we together? Amen. We are talking of prayer that gets results. In other words, when you have pray, praise, press, and push, we are saying prayer that gets results is praise best and worship driven. I gave you that nugget yesterday. Prayer that gets results is praise best and worship driven. You can check that in many other scriptures I've given to you before, uh, also Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21, where you see that even before the battle, they would let the tribe of Judah go in front and do their thing. Hallelujah. Uh, let that be a secret for anyone who is in the tribe of Judah that our breakthrough comes not just in us shouting at the top of our voices showing that we are praying a lot that's that's toiling our breakthrough comes in worshipping and praising him Judah new generation style praising and worshipping him Judah style when we go before the battle because every prayer is better when you are on prayer, you are now on the battleground. You are now in the battlefield. And any child of Agape will know that they cannot go into the battlefield before before they have done the thing that's required, that is praising and worshipping our God. It's a prerequisite for effective prayer. Hallelujah. So today, I continue with the teaching, uh, in our, which is consistent with our general theme, pushing with results, powering past COVID. The main, the theme for the, uh, the topic, rather not the theme, for the message today, yesterday's message was fishermen who can't, who can't catch fish. And I believe after the teaching, we now have in the house fishermen who can catch fish. Somebody say amen. I believe that after yesterday's teaching, you have moved from a fisherman who can't catch fish to someone who can catch not just not just fish but a draft of fish. The message today is entitled "Go Again, Pushpal," and the message today is based on. Let us read. Take our reading from First Kings chapter eighteen. Just read verses one to two, and then verses forty-one to forty-six, please quickly. First Kings chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. So you see in this situation, as we continue with our teaching, prayer that gets results, pushing with the results of powering past COVID, prayer that gets results. You find this one says, it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, what does the word of God? God himself spoke to his servant Elijah and he said, go and show yourself to Ahab, Ahab was the king at the time, and I will send rain upon the earth. Why was God sending rain? Because it is explained in verse 2 that there was a sore famine in Samaria. So, as S-O-R-E, which means it was painful, it was a very difficult famine, it had been there for a while. And the God of Israel, being as it is, that according to scripture, the Bible says God will not do anything except that he reveals his secrets to whom? To his servants, the prophets. You know the verses. So he says to his, to his servant, go and show yourself to the king. He, God will not who, who, who speak to the prophet. And then where there's a prophet and a separate king. That's why David was so blessed because he was both prophet and king. But in this situation, the king would have to hear from a prophet. And you are blessed in the vision, in this vision, where the God of Agape has so done a, a beautiful thing. And I fear God for this every day. That your spiritual father is not just a father and apostle, but God has bestowed upon him the anointing of a prophet and king. Show yourself unto us. Amen. Why? Because God knew there was a famine. He says, so famine, S-O-R-E. It means it was very painful. It was a very difficult thing. Not just people were dying. Animals were dying. All kinds of things were going. So it was such a difficult thing. And it pleased, it moved God to then speak to his servant. And he says, go and tell the king that I'm sending, I'm going to send rain upon the earth. 
This is the word of God from God to the prophet to send it to the king that he could pass on to the nation. Imagine. Now watch what happens. That after the word of God has come to the servant of God, it's an assurance. There's no doubt that God meant what he said. But he didn't rain immediately. <laughs> so, but the man of God obeyed the word of God. It says, Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Because the word of God had said, go show yourself to Ahab. First thing. So he did. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And when he went and showed himself to Ahab, and then he told him that God is going to send rain upon the earth. Then other things began to happen. You see, if you read the, whole, the rest of the chapter now, we see the prophet of God being challenged by Jezebel. And there is that contest which we are all aware, where God eventually answered by fire. Where the enemy was fighting even the prophet of God, has always happened. Hallelujah. So that's the rest of the story there. But we are going to jump to that story and, and now go to verses 41 to 46 with the proviso, with the introduction, with, with the prologue that notice it is in verse 1 and 2 that the word of the rain coming has come directly from God himself through the prophet. So the prophet of God has received the word from God that rain is coming. And now watch what happens from verse 41 to verse 46. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked, and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again, seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass, in the meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Hallelujah. Isn't it striking and interesting, just to say it now, that the man of God told the king to go ahead, to go to the palace, go to Jezreel, because the rain is coming. And he went ahead. But if you notice in verse 46, the man of God still managed to overcome, overtake the king. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, how, how the king was traveling, but that's besides the point. The point here, as we are going on through the scripture, is prayer that gets results out. The man of God has received the word that God is bringing rain upon the earth. Why did he need to pray? God wants us, even when we have assurance of certain things, he wants you to go before him and trust that he is your source and your supplier. So, after making the promise to the king that there is rain coming, if you read from this part, this part says that we have just seen a slaughter of the prophets of Baal. And then immediately after that breakthrough, that victory, then God sent his servant. He then said uh, to, to Ahab, get up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. He is now telling him to celebrate even before the rain was coming, even before the rain had arrived. Why? That is called faith. Because the man of God had heard from his God, and the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He heard from his God and was sure, although there was no, no sign of rain. This is my message before. Fact let us truth. It was a fact that it was still dry. It was a fact that there were still saw soreness in the land. Everything was still dry and the grass, everything was dying down, although God had said to him, rain is coming. So Elijah decided not to look at the facts, but to look at the truth that God has spoken. And his word is yes and amen. And then he tells, he tells the king, even before the rain, you, I'm sure the king must have been thinking, 
What's wrong with this man of God? He's telling me to go and eat and drink and go and celebrate. He has heard the sound of abundance of faith. He just heard the sound. And you need in your life as a side effect. You need in your life to have a prophet who can hear the sound of abundance of rain on your behalf. That's why you are blessed in this mission when you have a father who is a father and apostle and a prophet and king because he's able to hear on your behalf something that you cannot hear. He could hear what Ahab could not hear. He could see what Ahab could not see. That is the beautiful nature and the quality of prophets of God. They hear what others don't hear. They see what others don't see. And I thank God that every day he chose me to be one such. So you are blessed in life as a side that if you have someone, a prophet in your life where you who can hear a sound on your behalf. That's why when people come into surgery, they want to know they've got issues, they've got problems, but they don't know what the future holds. But I know who holds the future. So when I consult with him, those who do not know the future, they will come to the prophet and I pray to God and God can reveal to me what the future holds. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I can give you have the sound of an abundance of rain. That's another story for another day, for another message for another day. But just receive that. That it's a blessing if you have a prophet of God in your life. Ahab obeyed the word of the prophet of God in verse 42. The prophet told him to go and eat and drink. So Ahab went up to eat and drink in verse 42. He tells you that. And then while Ahab went up, went, went to eat and drink, what happened? The man of God went to the top of the mountain <laughs> to push. Somebody say he went to push. The man of God went to the push camp and he took with him his trusted push bar. That's why the, the, the message, the, 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 top, the topic says go again, push bar. He went to the top of the mountain to do the pushing. You can have the pregnancy, but until you push, the baby cannot come out. There's something that you have to do yourself. God has blessed you with the seed of in the womb. It is there sitting. You will make it grow. You don't even know how it grows. You go to bed every day. It starts with a, with a fetus, but you, day by day, the child is growing in a way that you cannot see, but you begin to feel it, and the woman will begin to see the tummy growing day by day. God is growing things, but he, there comes a time where God will say, okay, I put this thing in your tummy, but there's something you have to do yourself. Push so the woman who is pregnant cannot just say, okay, I'm now nine months pregnant. I'm now nine, nine months. My, 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 my period has come. The, the period of carrying the baby, nine months is over. It's now done. Now, according to the structure of things, God knows that after nine months, I must get my baby out. Can it just, just come out like that? Now God says, okay, you have a part to play. Push. So the God says to his servant, I... I'm telling you, I'm bringing rain. And the man of God, God made the man of God to hear the sound, not just of rain, but of an abundance of rain. So in other words, the fetus was in his belly. The baby was in his belly. But for the baby to be born, he knew that he had to go and push. That's why the God of Agape gave us this vision of push camps. And many churches have started following the same thing. Our God is a good God. So the man of God goes up to the mountain, goes up to the camp to push. So that the rain that he sees, the rain that is now in his belly, must come out as a baby. Mm. So he says, as he went up to pray, he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. That was serious prayer, ladies and gentlemen. The man of God was out there in the mountain praying. And the Bible says now, in verse 43, he said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and he said, there is nothing. Hey, what a report. When you are praying, my brother, when you are praying, my sister, and you are praying with a pushpal, I want you to know from Revelation, it may not have been revealed, said in the scripture, but it is from Revelation that the Lord showed me or told me that Elisha was not just a servant to Elijah. He was his pushpal. So he was with him in the top of the mountain. And the, the Elisha and Elijah, Elijah must, must have shared this issue of the abundance of rain, of the sound he had. He must have shared with his trusted disciple. He was his Timothy. 
So he told him that the God of Agape has spoken to me. There's an abundance of rain, but let's go up into the mountain to pray because I feel this pregnancy. I feel the baby is already inside, but there's something I have to do. I have to push for this baby to come out. Can you come up the mountain and push with me? Hallelujah. And so he went up together. While he was together with him, he, the man of God must have gone a little further, just a, a few steps higher the mountain. <laughs> so the man of God went to the Bible, the top of the mountain, and speaking to his servant, who is, <laughs> my goodness, you hear Elisha being described as the servant to the man of God. It pays when you are having a father to be obedient, to even to the extent that the angels in heaven would describe you as a servant to the man of God. That's the relationship that you should have with your spiritual father, the apostle. You should behave as a servant master relationship, but not in the sense of punishment. It's just respect and honor. So, the Bible says in verse 43, the man of God said to his servant, go up now, which means they were together at the top of the mountain, which means as the man of God was pushing, 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 Elisha was on the side as the push power. Pushing with the man of God. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody say, go up, push back. He says, go up now. Look towards the sea. Which means when he says, go up, which means there was another top of the top. Oh my goodness. Even because I, I'm reminded of the time and the day, the year I went to, to, to Mount Sinai. You reach one peak and you think you have arrived at the top. There's another peak to go up. And another one. And another one. And you keep going up until you get to the very top. So which means they must have been not at the topest top of the top, but they were at the second mm. top. But for you to be able to see the sea, you have to go further, to go to go topper than top. So because verse 42 says, Elijah went to the top of Camel, but then verse 43 says, go up. So how can you go up if, you, if Elijah was already at the top? It means there was a lower peak. If you go to Mount Sinai right now, you find that where the, 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 the things happen, where the, 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 um, the man of God, Moses, met, um, met with the burning bush. It was at the top of the mountain, but it was not the final top. It was, you have to climb one layer and climb another layer. Then you get the third layer, then you arrive at the, at, the, at the burning bush spot. But when you arrive there, that's only halfway. But you, you'll be seeing it as a, as, a, as a peak, but there's a peak up below a peak. So you have to go further to then get to the top where the, 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 uh, the man of God then met with God and they got the Ten Commandments. And so I can see the picture here. In fact, by the grace of God, I happen to also have been to this Mount Carmel when I went to Israel in my mission there. I went up this top of this mountain and I was blessed by God to arrive and pray at the very same spot where this man of God was praying. I'm Marika Hanahan. I fear the God of Agape for giving me that grace. And so he says, he went up and he looked and they said, in other words, that's a summary. He came back to give the report. There is nothing. And now I tell you, brothers and sisters, mm. We are teaching prayer that gets results. Pray until something happens. It means the man of God, Elijah, knew this message. He must have heard his co-prophet, Dr. Masoja, preaching, sharing the word. He must have heard that there's something called the push. Pray until something happens. He doesn't want nothing. This guy is bringing away nothing. He says there is nothing. And we are saying pray until, do, are we saying pray until nothing happens? Because nothing is not something. <laughs> Nothing means no thing. Something means something. So the man of God was not waiting for the word nothing. When he brought the word nothing, the man of God said, uh -uh, it's pray until something happens. So he then said to him, I'm not going to be discouraged by that report. You see, people are easily discouraged when they are praying for something. And they can pray, maybe they pray for two days or whatever number of days you prayed. And they've given God to time to God to say, I'm going to pray about this in 10 minutes and give you an answer. No. And then after 10 minutes, you don't have the answer. People get discouraged and they stop praying. Out of fear that they faint. But those who are going to apply the teaching I'm giving you today, you will know that there is no prayer that God, that you make to God that is not an, that goes unanswered. It's only the question of timing, and the timing is up to Him. 
So the thing that you are learning is that don't be discouraged by a prayer, by a report of there is nothing. You can pray that you get a job. And then you look at an email. The email comes and saying, we regret to advise you. There is nothing. Don't stop there. It doesn't mean that the, your job is not coming. It just means that the job that you were looking for, that you are looking at, that's not the one for you. The one is coming. As long as they, the report comes back to say there is nothing, you keep on pushing. Hallelujah. Because we learned that you pray until something. So he says there is nothing. And what is the man of God saying? He says, go again seven times. That's a summary, ladies and gentlemen. It means the man of God will come back and pray. When Elisha goes up, he brings a report. Oh, there's nothing. In other words, this happened seven times. Can you imagine if you were the seven? And I've shared this. I remember sharing this message in the vision in the church. I think I remember, if I even know, if I'm not mistaken, I remember sharing uh, on this passage. It was not a push time, but I remember sharing on Christmas passage when we were officially launching Bristol. I remember very well that that's what I shared. And I had a young man who I was asking to go up and down. I was on the top stage and he was going up and to, to demonstrate. But the message was different. It was not about pushing. But you get to the picture that imagine for the servant of, of the servant of God. The servant of the servant of God. to have been asked to climb the mountain seven times, not once, but seven times. And each time coming back, six times he came back with the report, there is nothing. Until the seventh time, verse 44 says so. And it came to pass at the seventh time, that's verse 44, that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And the man of God who knew the message, pray until something happens. That was the something that he was waiting for. And the man of God continued to pray until he had the something. And now his servant brings the something report. Something has happened. And now the Bible says, and he said to him, now you go to to go up, say unto Ahab. He's now asking him to go. Prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain top thee not. Which means even Ahab had disappeared and ran away to the mountains as well. <laughs> so now he tells him, now that's what I was waiting for. Now I've got the something that I was waiting for. Pray until something happens. Now I've got it and I'm ready. And I can now tell the king to go your home and, and rush before the rain gets there. The rain will arrive before you get home. What kind of thing? And then verse 45 says, and it came to pass in the meanwhile. I like things happen. Somebody say, in the meanwhile. So, in the meanwhile, that there are certain things, even though God has spoken, even though there is a cloud, there is a, a cloud the size of a man's hand, there is evidence of a breakthrough coming, there is evidence of miracle happening, but you need to wait for the meanwhile. There are other things that are yet to happen. Because what are those other things? The heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there, there was a great rain. The rain didn't appear from nowhere. But in the meanwhile, while you are still waiting for your breakthrough, while you are still waiting for the rain, because clouds are not rain, you wanted the rain. Sometimes you can have clouds and it doesn't rain. So in the meanwhile, there are certain things that happen in the meanwhile. Hallelujah. The preparation for the miracle to come to become a reality. Hallelujah. Amen. So, this is what's going on here. There are times you have to wait. You have to expect things that happen in the meanwhile. While you are waiting for your miracle, there are some things that God is cooking in the meanwhile, in the background. There are certain things that are happening that you may not see. You want rain, but they are in the meanwhile kind of things. God is cooking the clouds. Hallelujah, somebody. So I'm saying to you, someone who has been expecting a miracle, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. There is a meanwhile situation that God is cooking. Hallelujah. You continue pushing. You continue pushing. God will deal with the meanwhile. And then the great rain came. In verse 45. And the Bible says, And Ahab rode and went to Jezebel. In other words, he, he, he this guy, <laughs> you are just waiting for the rain to come, for the clouds to come before he could run. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> this guy had no faith at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. 
And he gathered up after, after him. And he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. How does it happen? As I already said. But we have the men. When the men of God, when the, your God is with you, you can even overtake those who went before you. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, don't worry about some people who applied before you. Don't worry about some people who say we got there before you. God will give you a chance to overtake those who pray until something happens. God is with them. And it doesn't matter somebody applied for something. You hear sometimes you're applying for a place, you're applying for a job, you're applying for something, and someone tries to discourage you by saying to you, ah, I got there before you, I already applied. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because those who are with the Lord, God will give them the grace and they will arrive before those who went before them did. Mm. Hallelujah. This is what the God of Agape allows you to do. He will allow you to overtake those who went before you. Glory be to Yeshua Hamashiach. And I'm asking you to receive this. No matter what it is that you are asking for, my God will make you to overtake those who went before you. He was there. He was there. The servant of God, Elisha, was the, the servant of the servant of God, rather, was with the servant of God. And he, you see, the beauty about Elisha, I need to know to learn the secret of being a disciple. Elisha was such a disciple that he was with his father everywhere he went. He, he, he ministered to Elijah, for your information. Elisha ministered to Elijah for 25 years, policing his shoes, being pushed back. He was there for the men of God, every day being a servant to the men of God. Being a servant to the servant of God. A faithful one for that matter. And the God of Israel blessed him. So, learn a lesson there. If you are a disciple, if you are a son to a father, learn the lesson from Elisha, how to behave with your Elijah. So, we are seeing here a man who is pushing. But God has blessed him with a pushback. That's why the message is saying, go again, pushback. I said to you yesterday that if you go on this journey, these spiritual journeys, these things are biblical. These things are scriptural and spiritual. I say it again. Maybe you didn't catch what I said. I said these things are biblical. They are scriptural and they are spiritual. Yeah. So therefore, because of these three things, don't just embark on a journey without the one who was sent to show you the way for that journey. Don't just embark on a spiritual journey without your spiritual father for directing. Like I said to you yesterday, you know, for those who know the Zimbabwe situation, I said, if you just go on your own without a spiritual father and you that are in the real agape, you are so blessed. Don't ever let that go. You should have that as a point of smiling every day, knowing that you are moving in this vision with your father, going yonder with your father. He's holding the torch. Just like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's exactly what you are doing. Don't go anywhere in the spiritual journey without someone leading you who was called by God to lead. Jokingly, I said, you know, that's why in Zimbabwe they have this musician, Rolvam Tukutu, who says, it means you have got a father. And I said to yesterday again that if you find that you are just going on your own, you hear the same singer now all of them to be saying, slow down, slow down, you are in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. So you are there, like Elisha, up, down the valley, up the mountain, Jerusalem is my home. And so the man of God, having received this word, he gets up his lions and loins rather, and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezebel. Of, of Jezebel. What are we saying here, ladies and gentlemen? We are talking about the push power who helped to push. We are saying push powers must help you to forge ahead to victorious prayer. Yesterday I said to you, when you break up, go and pr pray with the push powers. So this is a push camp. So in the push camp, we are all together as the general church. We are push pals to each other. But where you are in the local satellite, in the local area, in the local sections, you must also make sure that you've got two or three or four or five, whatever number, who are your push, local push pals. So who can help you to push pals? Who help you to forge ahead in victorious prayer? Push pals who push you into victorious prayer life. I'll say this to you, like I said yesterday, prayer that yields no results is discouraging. You saw that here. The man of God was not discouraged by the report of 
but there is nothing. Because he knew that is not what he's looking for. He knew as long as the report comes back saying there is nothing, it means you must continue to pray. Mm. Just like the men of God, Elijah, you need to push powers like Elisha, who push you till they see the results of your prayer. Hallelujah. Mm. You need to push powers who will push you and say, ah, Baba, senior envoy, ah, evangelist, ah, envoy, ah, ah, board member, you said we should pray about this. You are, you, you, in other words, when you are praying about something or for something, you know, there are two, two different things you you either pray about something or you pray for something and then when you do that you either pray on your own or you pray for someone or you pray with someone so whenever someone is with you check whether they are praying for you or they are praying with you <laughs> because if someone just says i'm praying you don't know whether they are praying for themselves or they are praying they may be with you physically but they are not praying for you or with you you need to make sure, I hope you are getting this apart. You need to make sure that that's why you show how much you are Where, when, my goodness, it is within the unity. Huh? Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I mean, there are He says, but when you, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Mm. The binding comes when people pray together in agreement. It's not binding as in the sense of so, tying something together. It's, it's binding in the sense of a contractual agreement. When the scripture says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, it was not that I get surprised when some people would use that scripture in Matthew to say, I'm binding the devil. I remember people saying, oh, I have bound the devil. And people are praying, praying like this. We are talking about prayer, right? Hey, I bind the devil. I bind you, Satan. Hey, don't pray like that. Because you never heard Jesus saying, I because I said to you, I said to them, we're praying like that. I said, okay, if you guys in the UK have bound the devil, why are we, why are the people in Zimbabwe still struggling with the devil? When people use that that verse and they say, because Yeshua said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. He was not talking about binding. You see, Yeshua Hamashiach himself, how did he deal with the demons? He did not bind them. He cast them out. So where do you find a reference for there's so many evangelists and Pentecostal people saying, I bind you, started, I bind you, started. and I look at them and I'm like, seriously? If you have found money to bind Satan, then God bless you. We don't need to worry. Anymore. We don't need to have Satan troubling us, troubling people in Africa or anywhere else. Because I got Sungash. Yeah, the world will be free now. But then he means to pass up Sunga Satan. Yes, Jesus number Musunga. You torment us to the end. His title is still roaming around. He got, he's released. He's way out there. He's actually waiting for judgment. And then you say, I bound the Satan. I bind the devil. I bind the devil. Hey, hey, I bind the devil. They even go in tongues saying, I bind the devil. Please, if you hear someone praying like that, tell them to shut up. You tell the person to put the fire out in helping the boys. You can say, I'm not going to die. 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 I'm not it's better to whistle than continue to pray wrong prayers like that. All right. But we are saying we need a prayer that yields results. You need to push powers like Elisha who push you until they see the results of your prayer. Push powers who don't sleep at the wheel like the three disciples of Yeshua Hamashiach did. You know what? Some of you see, let's look, you see the kind of push power that Elisha was compared to uh, Peter. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 to 49. The man of God who is God himself, Yeshua Hamashiach, must pray. I shared with you yesterday that sometimes difficult situations push you to pray. Difficult situations force you to pray. And you're going to pray until you get some results. 26 of Matthew, verse 36 to 49. Can you read it, please? Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face 
and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thy will be done, of thy will. And he cometh unto his disciples, and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed, if the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came again and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Then cometh he to his disciples. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, We just stop at one point tonight, because we know the rest of the story. Thank you, my son. God bless you. So here you see the story that we all know about Judas giving him. What I've taught you before is the Judas kiss. People who claim to love you, there are people who can give you what I call the Judas kiss. Watch out for that people. But that's not the message for the day today. We are talking about prayer that gets results. As we have been, we, we, I give you an example of the man of God, Elijah, with his push power, Elisha. Huh? Go again, push power. So we then see Yeshua Hamashiach himself in the same kind of situation as Elijah. They were, it was a tough situation. It was a difficult situation. Hallelujah. So himself, the son of God, the Bible says he then went up to prayer. He went up. Then he came. He, he went to a place called Gethsemane in verse 36. And then he says to the disciples, sit you here while I go and pray yonder. Hey. And then you look what he did in verse 37. He took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and heavy. In other words, he took three people, three of his disciples, and he went yonder with them. In other words, he had picked them to be his real push pals at such a time as this. Are we together? Mm -hmm. That's why the message says, go again, push power. So as he was praying, he is expecting the push powers to be praying with him. Hallelujah. And when he was praying, he says he went a little further. He fell on his face and praying, or praying the way he was praying. And the Bible tells us that he prayed so much that there was tears. His tears were like, like blood. His, his sweat was like blood. You find that in the other scripture, in, in the book of Luke and John. And then he came back to the disciples, this party, and he found them asleep. Now, the message is you don't need prayer push pals, push pals who sleep at the wheel. You need push pals who pray for real. We are talking about pushing this time. We are at the push camp. At the push camp, we are teaching each other that the God of Agape has directed me that this time we need results-oriented prayer. We need prayer that gets results. Therefore, if you are going to push with me, be a push power that pushes me to make sure that we get the results. We don't want a push power who sleeps at the wheel. Hallelujah. He finds them asleep. Then he said to them, what? What? I like it says, what? Could you not watch with me even one hour? They could not even push one hour with me. Just one hour, 
so much for them. Watch the people that are praying with you. Are they watching you? Can you imagine Yeshua Hamashiach coming and saying, What? What? That's in verse 40b. What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you don't enter in temptation. And they say, well, the spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Of course, the flesh stops you from praying. The flesh fights against your prayer. That is what we already know. But for you, you have to keep on praying. You have to keep on pushing. Don't sleep at the wheel. Look, you don't only push power. Who sleeps at the wheel? Like the disciples of Yeshua, you need to push power like Elisha. Who will stand with you and continue to check until you get the results. So Yeshua Hamashiach went yonder with three, but they proved to be terrible push pals. They proved to be terrible push partners. They were hopeless and helpless push pals. So when you pray, when you say pray until something happens, it doesn't mean, you see, it doesn't mean that what happens should always be good. You will see that lesson here. Because some people, when they are praying for something, they always expect a defined answer. But I'm teaching you today as we are going to talk about prayer. We need now to pray with the wisdom, with the maturity. That sometimes you can pray. How many of you have ever prayed for something and got the opposite of what you're praying for? But here's what happened. The Yeshua was saying, please take this cup away from me. Take this cup away from me. You find that in verse 42. And then he went to check again if his push, push powers were still praying with him. The Bible says in verse 43, he came and found them sleeping again. Are you sleeping again? And I'm expecting you, my beloved push powers. I don't expect any one of you to be pushed sleeping because there's work to be done here. I have to leave this vision. I have got work to do. And I've got God-given children who are supposed to be my push powers. And I'm praying that none of you will I find sleeping in the way. For the vision to move forward, we need to push together. So he comes a second time and found them so, so much asleep. And then he came and found them again. Ay, 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 ay. And then he left them and went away again to pray. He was not discouraged by them, thankfully. He was not discouraged by their sleeping. He continued to push. In other words, he also knew this message I'm sharing with you today. Pray until something happens. He knew that until he gets the answer, until something has happened, he will continue praying. Yeshua Hamashiach taught us that principle which we learned from Elijah. Pray until something happens. That's why the vision was something called a push camp. We are teaching each other that henceforth, ladies and gentlemen, whenever we have a prayer point, we will continue to hammer at it until we have the result, until we have a testimony. Before that happens, we continue to pray. And then the Bible says, when he came to his disciples his fourth time, is it in verse 45 now? Okay. Then he came to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. As I was saying to you from that scripture, we find that Yeshua Hamashiach was praying, and until something happens, the Bible says after he came twice to find his, his push powers, his so called push powers sleeping, he continued to pray until something happened. What happened? The Bible says, then. Uh, <laughs> verse 45, he come to his disciples and say to them, he came the third time and then by this time I believe that he now had the answer because he had prayed, please take this cup away, but I'm sure by then he had the answer the answer was, no I'm not going to take this cup away, it is what your mission is, you have to fulfill your mission as Yeshua, otherwise if this thing had not happened, he wouldn't be our Lord today, he wouldn't be our Savior today so there are certain things you pray away but God wants you to go through them so that you can bigger, have a bigger testimony so that your story can get bigger than you think, but not just now that's why the Bible now says in Philippians that because he was faithful to obedience on the cross, therefore God gave him what? A name that is above every other name. So that in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that what? That Yeshua Hamashiach is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But why did that happen? He became Lord and Savior because he was death on the cross. He prayed it away, but it came anyway. Hey, hallelujah. There are times when you pray away something, but the important thing here is it's consistent with our teaching. Pray until something happens. So this time something happened. The Bible says, when he, he, he said to them now, because the answer is here, it may be a negative answer, 
So I'm saying to you whether you get a positive answer or you get a negative answer, it doesn't matter. God is still in control. I'm teaching you today that sometimes what may be negative to you is positive to you. To so, God. When you know that, when you know you are praying in faith, you learn to be positive about negative. Count it all joy. You begin to learn to be positive about the negative results of prayer. You think they are negative, but in due time, you realize that the negative prayer is actually a, a positive, positive, positive times three. Because the Bible now saying, if, if Yeshua had escaped that route, if God had answered that prayer, he would have missed the promotion of becoming Lord and Savior. So sometimes you lose a job to get a better one. <laughs> you hear that you're about to be fired, and you pray that you don't get fired, but you get fired anyway. Why? Because God is preparing you for a bigger job. So here he comes, then he says to them now, once you have got the results of your prayer, pray until something happens. The something has now happened. He says, okay, you guys want to sleep, you can now sleep on. Sleep on now. Continue to sleep, that's in verse 45. Take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. I've prayed and I've prayed until something happens. The something has happened now, and it says to you, by the way, they were not, they, they would, while he was finishing to say amen, these guys with Judas were just by the door of the mountain. They arrived to pick him up, and Judas did his thing of giving him the Judas kiss, and they took him away, and they crucified him. The rest is now history and geography and the religion. But for us, salvation. So when we say pray until something happens, we are saying pray until you see the results. Whether the results are positive or negative, don't give up. Don't don't be discouraged. Don't begin to bless to blame God just because the answers didn't come the way you expected. Continue to trust God, and you realize that if you do that, you be thanking God even for the negative result later on. Mm -hmm. so I'm saying to you, even if even if you you go, if they say you want you to go and be tested for COVID, and they say you are positive, just learn to. Be be positive about being positive. They say you're going to be tested for HIV, and you get tested, and they say, "Oh, you're positive HIV." Then you say, "Oh, um, you learn to be positive about being positive because by stripes, you are here. the paper that says you are negative, you are positive. It's just a piece of paper, according to the message last time. It's just a fact. But the truth is, by stripes, you are healed. You are okay. Be positive about being positive. If you get a negative result in prayer, be positive about being negative." It's sometimes similar to when you pray for someone who is very, really, really, really sick. You pray for them, don't we? We pray. Let's pray. We pray for that person to be healed. They are seriously sick. They are in hospital or whatever it is. They have got a disease. And you continue to pray. As children of God, we pray until something happens. When you are praying, we're praying for the person to live. No one wants their loved one to die. So obviously, when you say pray, everyone will pray for that person to live. Except witches. Only the witches. are religious. Don't know what you're We see involved witches in your prayer. <laughs> they will be negative, be negative, doing negative prayers. Because there are some witches in the churches. Mm -hmm. Some of them are there in the churches. Some of them even speak in tongues. But they are not real tongues. They are fake tongues. The important thing is that like Yeshua Hamashiach, whether the result is what he wanted or not, negative or positive, he got a result. But pray until you get the result. Somebody say hallelujah. So we pray sometimes for someone to, to, to live and we pray and we pray, we fast and we fast. Oh God, give him another life, let him live. And then tomorrow, the next day, you hear the news that is passed away. What happens as a child of God? The moment you hear that news, that's the result. Pray until something happens. Now something has happened. The person I was praying that they would live forever or for more years has passed on. In other words, God is determined that the life of your loved one is terminated. His day or her day or her hour has come. God has decided that. So you change your gear of prayer. Instead of going to pray or instead of saying, God, you have blamed you, I guy, you really hate me. How can you do that? You see, I fasted and prayed for this person to live and now I hear he's dead. Therefore, where are you good? Never think like that, never act like that, never behave like that. Because my God does not answer the prayer of a grumbling person. Never be a grumbler before God. Whatever answer you receive, praise God for it. That's why the word of God says, in all things give thanks. So once we hear that the loved one we're praying for has gone to glory, God does not negotiate with us on the issue of death. It's him who decides when someone's life comes to an end. Our duty, our duty is to pray. Once we get the result that that person is now gone, we change the prayer. We begin to pray in a different way. 
As soon as you hear that the person, that's the end of the particular prayer. You start something else. You start praying a different kind of prayer for all all the funeral proceedings and arrangements to go smoothly. That's the prayer you begin to make. You begin to ask God to make a provision for the funeral. You you ask God to comfort the families, and God will do that. Hallelujah. Sometimes you get the opposite of what you are looking for. Let's go, if you want, in another story, another situation. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 13 to 25, very quickly. Pray until something happens. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed Thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in. And lay all night upon the earth. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth. But he would not. Neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? When David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself, and changed his apparel, and came into the house of the Lord, and worshipped. Then he came to his own house, and when they required, he set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and wait for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst arise and eat bread. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to heaven, but he shall not return to me. Hallelujah. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and lay with her. And she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. And he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and he called his name Jedidah, because of the Lord. Pray until something happens. Push, ladies and gentlemen. That's the message we are learning this time. That God was saying to us and to me for the church that the days of just for you to pray, 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 or you do endless prayers that have no result have to go. Because now we are taught since yesterday how to pray so that we can get the results. So in this case, again, we see another example. The man of God, David, the king, prayed that his child would not die. The Bible says you are praying and fasting for seven days. You would not eat. But he must have heard uh, a prophet messenger's preaching. You must have heard the prophet's preaching saying you pray until something happens. And the day that he heard the news that the child was praying for to live and live, he did not live. God did not, has allowed, has decided that he must go. And as soon as he heard the news, listen, listen to this. What did he do? Did he say, God, you don't love me? Did he begin to go into, into complain mode? When you get the result, the opposite of what you're expecting, never go into complain mode. Continue to worship God. Continue to praise God. Because verse 26, when, when he heard that the child was dead, 
We don't hear that David cried and they put his hand on his head and say, you win, you win, you win. What's wrong with you, God? I prayed for seven days. You saw me lying on the floor. You saw me. I couldn't even eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't go. Giving God a blame. The Bible says in verse 20, David rose from the earth, washed, anointed himself, changed his apparel, and came into the house of the Lord and did what? Worshipped. Hallelujah, but that's a lesson for you. The child is dead. The child you prayed so much. It's similar to a job. You are looking, you've been praying for this job. You are you want to get it, you want to keep it. Even you might you might be heading news that you are about to be fired. And you begin to pray. You even call me. You call, you say, I got the man of God, I got him. I am going, he's gonna pray, and he's gonna pray so much. His, his, his prayer failed much. And I pray for sure. And don't matter what issue, I cry and cry. And the two days later, you hear that indeed you are fired. What should you do? Don't cry and begin to say, oh, my prayers did not work. The men with the prayers of the servant of God did not work. Our God is not there. People start complaining. Never do that. Put on a new jersey. Put on a new shirt. Put on a new glasses if you have. Polish your shoes and go before the Lord and worship Him. He came to his house, you see, in verse 20, 20b. And when he required, they set bread before him. And he did eat. And that, the, the guys were confused. They were expecting him to be very sorrowful. They were expecting him to give a negative testimony. But he didn't do that. He trusted his God. So I'm saying to you, in this situation, trust God no matter what the answer is. As long as you've got the answer, as long as you've got the result of your prayer, whether it is not what you expected or not, continue to trust Him. He is in control. Usually, when we find one door closed, it's only because there's a better door that's what is going to open for you. Do you hear me? Hear me, house of Judah. Sometimes a closed door is as much a good an answer as an, as an open one. Or an open door is much a good an answer as a closed door. Mm -hmm. You may pray for God to open this door and it gets shut. But sometimes the reason why God is shutting that door is because he's got a Solomon waiting. He's got another blessing, a bigger blessing that's waiting for you. Hallelujah. So David prayed for his son with Bathsheba to leave. He prayed and fasted, but as you can tell from the story, still nothing. Something happened. Pray until something happened. The child died. That was the result of his prayer. From then, David stopped praying because he'd got the answer already. And he started praising God. So when you get a negative result, stop praying, start praising. When you get a negative result, it's negative only to you, but not to God. Stop praying and start praising. Are you hearing me? When you get the opposite of what you're expecting, hear my message to you. Stop praying and start praising. Amen. Go to the next level of prayer. He didn't complain that God did not answer his prayer the way he wanted. He knew that God answers every prayer, but he does it his own way. Your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. Whether the result of your prayer is negative or positive, ladies and gentlemen, in all things give thanks and praise to God. He is always in control. Are you hearing me, house of Judah? Yeshua Hamashiach himself said, some things need prayer and fasting. Sometimes you pray, maybe you didn't fast. But he said it in Mark chapter 9, verse 29, or Matthew chapter 17, you can read verse 18 to 21. Because the disciples had prayed for something to happen, for a demon to go, it didn't go. <laughs> it lifted him. But when he came, they said, how come we couldn't cast this demon? How come we couldn't have a miracle? How come we couldn't have a result? We prayed and prayed and nothing happened. And yet the teaching says, pray until something happens. But when Yeshua HaMashiach showed up, something happened. And they were amazed. They were like, what happened? How come? And he says some of these things can only go with prayer and fasting. You find that in Matthew chapter 17, verse 18 to 21. We'll not read it, but you can check it out later on. I want to finish. The reason why a lot of the church's prayers and prayer points go unanswered, ladies and gentlemen, is because church people tend to talk more about things than they pray about them. It's a very big message God gave to me. I'll say it again. The reason why a lot of the church's prayers and their prayer points go unanswered in courts is because church people, the very same church people who are praying, they tend to talk more about the things that are on their prayer points than they pray about them. So the Lord, the God of Agape is saying, more talk and less prayer leads to wasted prayer effort. Like we learned from yesterday's message. 
more talk and less prayer leads to wasted prayer effort. So God is teaching us in this vision that he wants us to go forward in a beautiful way this push came. Someone said seven prayerless days make one week. Seven prayerless days make one week. Week as in W-E-A-K, not W-E-E-K. Seven prayerless days make one week. W-E-A-K. It's what they call a very good word. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the message that the God of Agape has given to me to share with you this season, on this day. Pray until something happens. We are talking about prayer that gets results. We are talking about praying, you learning from this day to pray in accordance with the teaching of yesterday, that if you pray without him, nothing will happen. If you pray unless you are with him and he is in you and he is on you, that was a message we got yesterday, that you can pray and not get the results because the people who went fish, they were fishermen who could not catch fish because he was not with them. But the moment he showed up, things changed. There was a significant result. And we are continuing that message. Ladies and gentlemen, prayer that gets results. That's where God of Agape is taking us now. He does not want us to just pray gong prayers like in, like, like people who just are praying He wants us to pray and pray in such a way that what I'm teaching you today is wherever you have a prayer point, whether you are in England or in Ireland or in Northern Ireland or in Scotland, or in Zimbabwe, or wherever part of the world you are, the message of the Lord is this, that it is scriptural, and it is biblical, and it is spiritual, that whenever you pray, make sure you pray until you get an answer. Before you get an answer, don't say amen. You better say, I'm adjourning my prayer. You say amen, because amen means it's nice, it's done and dusted. Are you hearing people? When you pray from today, if you are praying for something and you still haven't felt that the breakthrough is there, continue to pray like the man of God, Elijah. This is the lesson we are learning. He continued to pray until the report came. Now I've seen a cloud the size of a man's hand. It is only then he stopped praying. Yeshua Hamashiach continued to pray, asking God to take away the cup. But he continued to pray until he got the news that these guys have already arrived, they've come to pick you. The man of God then prayed for his son to leave. Seven days he was on the floor. He was not getting up. He was just barely on the floor praying for seven days, non-stop. He was not eating. Can you imagine? And then he gets the result that your son is dead. What does he do? He gets up and begins to praise God. Hallelujah. He gets up and begins to worship God. What a message, ladies and gentlemen. What an attitude of the servants of God who know they are God. Whenever you get the opposite of what you are praying for, believe God because he has got something better for you. He has got a better plan for you. A better answer will come. He will always answer every prayer. Every prayer will be answered, but it may not be answered the way you want. His ways are not your ways. Hallelujah, somebody. So this is the message I had to share with the church. Prayer that gets results. Prayer that gets results. Prayer that gets results. Pushing that gets results. Pushing past COVID. In this season of COVID, we are praying that we, by His grace, God will give us the grace to push past COVID. We wanted God himself to give us the grace to all push past COVID. This whole year, 2021, to that we push past COVID, that the God of Agape will give us the grace to go beyond COVID and begin to preach and begin to see each other again in the flesh and begin to, to congregate together the way we used to do and begin to do praise and worship the way we used to do and begin to put on our uniforms and jump and worship God the way we used to do. We pray until something happens. It's going to happen. We pray until something happens. Hallelujah. We sing our song, prayer is the key, prayer is the key, prayer is the master key. Yeshua started with a prayer, and he ended with a prayer. Prayer is the master. And begin to pray, begin to thank God, begin to appreciate God for the teaching, and begin to pray for yourself that you'll be able to apply the teaching. For there's no point in receiving teaching after teaching after teaching, and we don't put it into application. 